Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. We got two hours of the best, the coolest stuff, just like very cool. Yeah, we're going to start off with the who do. Remember when I used to say, Benny, remember when once upon a time, 16 years ago, like when I didn't know anything about anything and I and I pretty much still don't. Remember when I used to say Tarot and I would be like Tarot. The tarot cards. In the very, very beginning. Very, very beginning, And, and right? we, you were was, set to put into uh, the light, Ryan, right alignment shortly after that. <laughs> that's right, right yeah, alignment. Okay. Because you only get away with, like, saying tarot, tarot, like, yeah. a, a couple of times yeah. before people are that's like. not a parrot. Like, who the heck not is a tarot. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this, this is not a tarot. Nope. This is not a tarot. Nope. But we have evolved, and so has the art. You know, today, the Hoodoo Tarot 78 card deck and book for root worker cards, root workers, we're going to talk with somebody that knows a bit about this. I'm going to introduce her in a moment. Uh, we scared her pretty much almost uh, into not coming on when, uh, like, she's like, wait a minute, wait, is this like a video? Are we, like, doing a video? And I'm like, well, we, we could, but not today. We do do video. Um and so we have a great show lineup. But what we're doing here is we're elevating in 2020. We're elevating. And so are other people. And so are all of you as, as listeners. You know, there's something about the energy of things that is calling all of us to come out, to step out, you know, to be in the realm of things that we don't normally, we're not normally in the realm of. Tiana Lee McQuiller is joining me here today. And, you know, I know another Tiana, and we just we we just do Tay, but today it's Tiana Lee McQuiller joining me here today, a tarot reader, a researcher of religion, esoterica, and mysticism, and has been and is bringing to the forefront something that is so perfect for the time and the day and the age we live in. And when we discover parts of ourselves along the way to being ourselves, something magical happens, something mystical happens. And that's what we're discovering early in 2020. So today, we're going to be look at root work, American root work, what the tradition is. What is it about these traditions that are so embedded in African and indigenous American ethnic groups, as well as European influences. What is it about roots, who each of us are, that is so important? And I know, Benny, for me, earth shattering, but not so much, but earth shattering for my other family members, 
was when the internet exploded over a period of time and people could look up their ancestry, just saying, and we started to look up my grandpa and found out where grandpa was really born, where that family came from, we discovered, aha, we just need to come out of the closet about who we are, what we bring forward from a historical, multi-generational perspective, stand tall and proud and bring it on. That's what today's show is about. That's what we're talking about when we discover the essence of energetically knowing that we are absolutely amazing. Uh, Tiana, did I get you right? Did I get yes. your name right? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, you got it right. It's Tiana, yes. Tiana, there we go. So my friend who I did a music video with back last year, which is going to come out, his name is Tay. And mm -hmm. so I apologize for, for doing that. But I, but I must say, Benny will tell you, I'm known for mispronunciation. You know, look, I'm a girl from the Bronx. I, I didn't study any of this. You, you, can you feel me on this? Uh, and actually, to be in a easier, music video. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's kind of like look at us two, right? How do we get here? Let's talk about this. How do we get here? How did you get here? And usually, I ask a question like this: How did you get here? And I got—I just got to ask you. What kind of hurdles, obstacles, challenges, what the heck did you have to climb over to get you right here to this very moment here with us? Oh, gosh. Um, well, yeah. my first book uh, about hoodoo was called Root Work, The Folk Magic of Black America. And I wrote that when I was still in college. Um, I didn't have a degree yet. So um uh, I had a, a student advisor at the time um, that was pretty overbearing and um, <laughs> yeah, and she kind of tried to force me to um, say what, or rather repeat what a lot of anthropologists have said already about hoodoo and, and hoodoo hasn't really gotten a lot of press. Um, it just was sort of was uh, cast off as ignorant to superstitions yeah. and Negroes. Um, it wasn't really dealt with seriously. Um, but at any rate, yeah, so that was a big challenge for me um, when I first wrote the first book because it wasn't academic, because it couldn't be considered academic because I did not have a BA or anything yet. But I was just really, really smart. And, um, you I know, know so, me too. Yeah, so that was that was a bit of a challenge and I felt a lot of pressure being in my 20s, my early 20s at the time. And um, so that was a lot. And I, there were a lot of things that I felt that, like, like for example, just calling it magic or folk, uh, folk magic or something. You know, these are all uh, terms that were kind of imposed on, you know, mm. culture. And yeah. I didn't want to do it, but I also wanted to get my degree and I wanted to please my professors and you know other people that were cheering me on and trying to get me scholarships and things like that. So I had to like deal with a lot of pressure of uh, outsiders kind of defining uh, the tradition. And um, that's always a challenge, I think. Um, so the reason why I wrote this book is to kind of uh, set the record straight. I no longer have anyone kind of breathing down my neck 
um, mm. telling me what it has to be or how I have to sound or how I have to describe things. Um, and it feels really great. So this is a completely independent effort and a completely honest effort. And I just wanted to do that. And um, also because, like you said, you know, the, the Internet, I mean, it just exploded. It wasn't like that in 2003 when the first book no. came out. You know, so there's a ton of misinformation because kind of everything witchy, everything esoteric, everything has gone pop, which is not the first time in American culture, you know, where everything occult no. is sexy again. Um, but I felt that because it was almost 20 years since I wrote the first book, I should chime in again, you know, now that there are different platforms and there are especially younger people um, that are interested in the tradition. Yeah, no kidding, right? Because 2003, like, that's the deal. That's like when I dial, like, the wrong phone number. Right. And th that's when this all started. And I did start on an Internet show in 2003. And I'm telling you, I paid a lot of money for it. My friends thought I lost my mind. But there was something about it that felt really right about what was happening and what, what we were doing. But you're right about this. I'm telling you, like, it is a phenomenon now right. about how, that, how witches are bringing the sexy back. <laughs> I, I mean, if think about it. How many shows can you go on, like Netflix or go on um, any in, any of sort of the digital cable platforms? And there's another show that's popping up every season, every right. day about this, right? They don't call them witches per se, although there is one call called that. But there's a new understanding, I think. And let's talk about the new understanding that you've embedded into your work. There's a new understanding. How would you describe that new understanding in in terms of root workers and hoodoo? I'm not really uh, sure what you're asking. Are you asking like how things have developed the conversation? Yeah, yeah how the um, conversation has developed. Um, because I don't know about you or what you're finding I'm mm -hmm. finding people are open to thing, things these days that if you go back even 10 years and boy, go back to 2003, not so much. Absolutely not. You're, 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 I mean, you're talking about people that, I mean, I can't believe, I, I'm just astonished by like how many like experts have popped up just in the last two years, let yeah. alone <laughs> since 2003. Like, um, you're absolutely right. I mean, the media is saturated with it. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a multi-million dollar industry, the new age uh, industry, um, and you know, I mean, root work is just um, kind of come back with a vengeance. Um, people, it's not a tradition that was spoken about with strangers. Even people in your own family wouldn't speak to you about it if it wasn't your path, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and because it's kind of hand. Uh, treated, um, root work rather, is treated um, sort of like just a hodgepodge of beliefs that anyone can kind of jump in on. I think it's much more vulnerable even than other um, traditions, uh, magical traditions that have uh, a set, a fixed set of initiates or elders that can just like, come out and say, hey, you know, this is not right. Even though nobody's listening mm -hmm. anyway, everybody's kind of just jumping on a bandwagon. 
Um, but yeah, that the conversation has changed in that way, in that it is a conversation. People did, especially black people, did not speak about this outside no. of our communities. Absolutely not, because it could cost you your life. Yeah, it that's right. It could cost you a hell of a lot. Okay, right. and it could cost you your um, your your social circle, depending on you know um, where you lived and how conservative or uh, you know your community was. But this is just not something that was just volunteered. And I actually had great opposition from my family. Some people are still pissed that I, I'm writing about it. It's just You're not. Kidding? Yeah, they don't even talk to me anymore. Hello? <laughs> like, first of all, they said, how are you not dead or in jail? They want to know that. <laughs> they want to know, like, how, how did you even get off the streets being homeless? And, you know, and wow. you're actually alive. They were shocked. But but this is bold, that what you're doing. Right. I mean, I, I, I thought it was bold in 2003. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, right now it's just sort of like it's just so much going on and so many more um academics have gotten interested in it as well. Before, you know, it was recorded by kind of um, hipster, like hipsters in the 20s that were kind of bothering old black people for stories. And um, my grandmother actually told me, it's like, oh, a lot of that stuff, they just told them whatever they wanted to hear. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. you, you just didn't give up the goods. It just didn't happen. Um, so yeah, that's how the conversation has changed is that there is a conversation and then there's a, yep. there's a conversation with anybody feeling like they can chime in on it, which is pretty insulting. It's just the sense of entitlement um, from people that are not of this lineage that feel like they can just, A, just kind of jump in to the tradition mm -hmm. and also define it for the people who lived it. It's just yeah. amazing to me. So yeah, that's, that's it, how it's, it's amazing going. to me. So uh, I'm gonna tell you a, a short story, then I'm gonna talk about your book. Right, the hoodoo tarot. Oh, this is a short story. So, how does a girl like me from the Bronx even know what hoodoo root work is? How do I know that? I mean, yes, I've read your book, but here's a this is why I couldn't wait to talk with you. Mm -hmm. I play a little sport called table tennis. Okay, don't laugh. Okay, <laughs> I know you're laughing, right? Like, I'm being interviewed by a ping pong player. Oh, no. Um, but my coach, and I'm going to tell you the year, okay? Now you're going to laugh again, but I'm going to tell you the year. I, like, you're not, you weren't even born. 1973, 74, and 75 in New mm -hmm. Jersey. My coach lived in New York. He was the national champion of Ghana, Africa. He was my coach and very unusual for Sam to coach a woman. He was a national champion of Ghana. His parents wow. were very uh, firm in their traditions. 1974 is when I first heard these terms. Now in 1974, if you can imagine him and I going anywhere together, right? Mm -hmm. This beautiful black man right? And talking in public about these traditions, and, and Ghana is one of the places. I don't claim to know a whole lot about it, but what I was intrigued by, and I'd love for you to comment on this, was the way he talked about the spiritual rituals and traditions and foundations. And for me, 
it became sort of a way that he and I worked together. And I wanted you to comment on this because it isn't anything I have talked about since 1975. And when I read your book and I started to look at these West African, well, probably more than that, but I'm limited in my knowledge. I was so thrilled you're bringing this level of Earth Connection back. What does this become and mean to you? And, and, And isn't it super important to help us all connect again? Well, I mean, the, the problem of, uh, I guess, contemporary life, especially for people, mm-hmm. those of us living in uh, major cities and hustle and bustle, is just this disenchantment. Um, and that's why I, I believe that, you know, um, people are so hungry for, you know, studying like Earth-based traditions and kind of looking back. Um because and also the fact that the the earth is in peril and you know we we've lost so many species and you know there are just so many things that we've lost in our um, hunger for a so-called advancement we're losing the fundamental meaning of what it of what it means to be alive yeah um, and um, I I feel that I felt that I needed to. Um, bring people home, wherever home is. And, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's it's very hard for me to um, sometimes mm-hmm. articulate. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really important to, to solidify yourself mm-hmm. in your land, in your, yeah. wherever you are, wherever you're sitting right now, who lived there? What, yeah. what was, what was life like for those people there? What, what energies are in those spaces? And, you know, it's just sort of, kind of um, a divorce of spirituality from just place, just locale. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day when I was at the Hudson River and uh, they just were looking at me like I had three heads because I mentioned that the Hudson River was like a major, like, like highway for indigenous people and corn was grown on the edges and, you know, and I mean, there are people that had lives there and there's a spiritual imprint there. So yeah, I, I really feel it's very, very important. And this book is also very special because my grandmother, you know, she's the one that, you know, kind of never let it go. You know, after the Great Migration, um, a lot of uh, Black Americans uh, moved from the South and they moved to the big city and they wanted to be seen as, you know, sophisticated. They wanted a fresh start. And so a lot of our traditions were kind of left behind um, and people were ridiculed for continuing um, their love of land and, yeah. you know, nature. And, you know, these are all things that were considered kind of backwards. And, you know, and yeah. people would actually call you that in your family, you know. And um, it's almost <laughs> similar know. to, you know, how uh, second generation immigrants uh, feel when they, you know, like from what I've heard from people, um, you know, that their parents, you know, always are always trying to, like, get them to, embrace where they came from um and their traditions and things but they want to just blend in well actually the opposite kind of happened with black americans it's like our parents told us to forget you know a lot of us told us to forget about it just move on just we're citified now just let it go you know um but some of us didn't some of us had uh grandparents that continue to share old stories and share who in the family did what and things of that nature. And because we still have that, uh, a lot of our families have 
uh, that shame factor with hoodoo, with all kinds of different yeah. traditions. Um, that's why they don't want us to have this conversation. And like I said, why some family members are still upset with me um, for speaking publicly about it. Um, so yeah. They, they well, you know, you're it. absolutely right about that because, you know, I remember this with Sam. And uh, and I have to tell you that that and I want to talk about this and I want to talk about the book as well, because what you have created here, two things for me personally, one is we have to dispel the myth around what people think this is and what it is, and, and especially around the hoodoo tarot. Um, th so there's there's these things, these stories that we make up that aren't true. Right. Right. I mean, we're totally living in a culture now where, hey, like so many things that are not true, right? But what you're doing in, in my eyes is you're really bringing back, you know, the wisdom of a culture. You're bringing back the wisdom um, from my perspective of some very powerful, powerful rituals and practices. Um, so powerful that it's, it's so special in its essence and the connection to the earth and the plants and the trees and the roots. And I mean, it is the very fundamental nature of who we are. And boy, haven't we forgotten that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people are sick. I mean, we're like, the, yeah. we're like way up there in the world in terms of antidepressants. I mean, people just want to escape in any way. I mean, it's just, you know, modern life is so soul crushing for so many people. And I honestly believe that that is the problem. I mean, I don't think we're not, we weren't meant to just be cooped up in the house or in buildings all day. We, you know, um, you know, I'm not romanticizing the past at all. I'm definitely not one of those people, right. but I will say that that is something that's just fundamental again to human existence, to get sunshine and fresh air and to have time for your family and things like that. Um, and these traditions are powerful in essence um, because it, they are cemented in family and land. It's nothing more powerful than those connections to your yeah. to where you live and to who you're related to. Um, so, and we are, and because we're all so busy, we've been disconnected to family. So we've been disconnected for a long time since the industrial revolution for many of us, because, you know, America was just kind of like one big farm, right? Mm -hmm. Our families, except for one or two holidays per year. Or a tweet. Crazy. Or, or some kind of tweet or some kind of text message, right? And right. that is so off the track of community. I don't think we're going to be able to predict the outcome and the consequences of that for decades to come. I, I don't think we are because we have, I mean, this is a dehumanization of, mm -hmm. of who we are, right? But when I was looking at this and what you're bringing forward in the Tarot, I mean, this is about the elders and family, the community, you know, and I think what you've done here is in such a beautiful way is you've been, you, you're bringing forth a tradition uh, and in the cards and in the book that educates us, but more importantly, reminds us. And if if you're just tuning in here, folks, what I'm talking about is the hoodoo tarot. We're going to get really into it here in a minute. But one of the things that you're doing is it's an introduction into what some people may feel 
like in the very sense of who they are, but really can forget. You know, the idea of having something that uses the word community in it is almost a lost art. I want to take a short break. Mm -hmm. And before I do, though, how do people get how do people get the deck, the book? How do they find out more about you as well? Because I I could just listen to you for like forever. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Well, I'm pretty easy to contact on Facebook. I'm actually in jail right now. So um, (laughs) I'll be back out of Facebook jail in March 11th because I share so much suppressed history. But that's a whole nother story. No kidding. Yeah. I I totally get it. Yeah. So I'm one of those people that end up in jail just for telling the truth. But anyway, um, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram. Occasionally, I was mourning my grandmother's passing. So I haven't you know, I've been out of the loop for a while, but I'm I'm steadily getting back into the groove. So it's just yeah. ironic that you know, as I'm coming out of this heavy period of mourning, that you know, um, you know, that I'm doing all these interviews and um, things of that nature. So I'm just getting back into the fold and you know, talking to people and things. Mm-hmm. But I'm com- t- completely accessible there. You can contact me at tlmcquillar at gmail.com. You can buy the book on Amazon directly from innertraditions.com. Um, and I believe Barnes and Noble, your local mm-hmm. uh, esoteric bookstore should have it as well. And if they don't, please, please, please ask them for it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, hey, everybody. Tiana McQuillar joining me here today. When we come back, we are going to take a journey. We're going to take a journey that many of you may or may not remember deep, deep, deep inside. We're going to talk about the tarot deck. We're going to talk about what this means, but we're also going to talk about what the essence of this kind of connection can do to change. Because one of the things Sam taught me decades and decades and decades ago from this tradition, one of the things he taught me about, and I'm telling you, to this day, it has changed my life, is the world of possibilities. You know, how do you live in the world of possibilities? How do you tap in to that aspect of manifestation and spirituality? How do you do that? And this was for me at a very young age, you know, in an arena that I wasn't supposed to excel at doing so. And the only, only dividing factor in all of that was my coach, San Hammond, born national champion, Ghana. Africa. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. 
The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuiper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuiper.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Potasic each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the Golden Age, and it provided the truth and the answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.net. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Look, um, Tiana McQuiller joining me here today. And however you look at this, however you talk about this, whatever that is, what I love about this conversation with Tiana is that we are here now to learn and remember why we are here now. And, you know, for me, one of the things I love about what we're talking about is this is something that is so deeply embedded in the essence of ourselves, so deeply embedded. And unfortunately, when you have these traditions, we are made sometimes to feel wrong, to feel shamed, and to not really honor the earth. And that is something we must change because that propaganda has worked for us. Because if we don't honor the earth and we don't honor some of these traditions, then we don't really feel guilt or shame when we destroy it. Um, Tiana, thank you for today. Uh, Let's talk about what I have in front of me right now. And that's the Hoodoo Tarot. Tell us about this and your inspiration for creating this. Well, definitely, like I mentioned, um, you know, the misinformation, the you know, the plethora of misinformation was definitely uh, 
a big boost, but at the most fundamental is my own growth and understanding of the subject and, um, and the freedom to discuss it, like I said, in my own terms. But um, also my, uh, my grandmother and a couple of other people um, older people in my family, you know, they they were they were getting sick, and uh, I just I just panicked. I said, okay, I have to do something. I can't let these libraries go in the ground. You know, um, I did genealogy before. I've asked for family, you know, family stories before and recorded them, but now I needed to. I, I was like up against the clock. So um, that's how. You, that's why you have the book in your hand right now. Is it's sort of reinvigorated me to um, go deeper, and I also didn't know the question, the, the proper questions. I think because, like I said, the first book on hoodoo, um, it wasn't as comprehensive as I wanted it to be, um, and I also was, I guess, too young and experienced. I don't know um, to ask what I needed to ask. You know, the uh, the deeper, meatier questions about family and things like that. I mean, who you know who thinks about that at like twenty two? Um, so <laughs> right. yeah, so I was just you know, so it's just about maturity and you know. So I started doing this genealogy research and. Um, my grandmother was with me on Ancestry.com. She, you know, she taught me so much about our lineage and its importance and, you know, actually correcting the census people and teaching me that, you know, like a lot of people didn't want to talk to authorities. They still don't in the black community for obvious reasons. You know, we've been oppressed so greatly and information that is collected about us is usually always like, oh, we're just trying to help you. And then like we find out later that, that you know, it was a Trojan horse the, the whole time. So a lot of uh, misinformation was purposely given to um, to uh, government agencies and um, interviewers and things of that nature, um, just to protect the community. So um, I learned a lot about you know hoodoo, and I showed her a lot of hoodoo uh, popular hoodoo personalities online. I mean, it was hilarious. So you know, it was I'm so grateful that I got a chance to um, discuss these things with my grandmother and my elders. I also had an older cousin. She also inspired me to uh, to follow up with another book about root work. She was she was a root worker since the fifth to the early fifties. Um, and but she would never call herself that. Again, this is not something that you just broadcast. And she no, she did the job forty years. That's how she made her living. She raised six children off of her work, um, you know, her workings as a root worker and she was damn good. Um, she she served people of all races, uh, socioeconomic classes in South Carolina. Um, and, you know, but she would, if you asked her, like, oh, so tell me about hoodoo. I don't know nothing about that, girl. Right. Okay? It, yeah. it just wasn't done. And, but, you know, so I, I, I had, now had strategies to go around that. See, in my 20s, I didn't. I just wanted to pull out a notebook and say, okay, talk to me about it. And I got frustrated um, with the fact that they wouldn't talk. And it's just like, well, maybe I should try an indirect approach because they're, they're, they're accustomed to hiding. When I discuss things without the note in my hand, because I was told many times to put the damn note. Well, you know, Tiana, one of the things, too, that I, I totally relate to is there's something about our ancestry that we have deemed shameful. I mean, I'm not kidding with you about the fact that for up until my uncle, 93-year uncle died, passed away, and I, I, I had to go visit him 
because I started to see all these people with my last name in South America. I mean, the mm -hmm. internet, think about it, right? So I get an email from somebody and he, and I was in a language that I didn't read. And so I took it to a friend and it was somebody from Brazil asking me if I'm family. Wow. And I said, no. And then I said to my uncle, I said, I, you, I'm coming to see you because I don't know, 93, I don't know how long he's got. And I, and I said, I'm coming to see you in person. You have to tell me what, why things were kept a secret. And I went and I sat down with him and I had saw, I, he showed me all the pictures of my family, but you know, you can't hide on the internet now. Nope. And then, I went even further. So he said to me, this is shame, right? He said to me, well, you know your grandfather uh, uh, on the Basili side, you know he had a brother. I said, no, I did not know grandpa had a brother. So there you go. That's thing one. Right. Who went to Brazil. Who, who was? And I said, well, that explains that, but it doesn't explain my mom. And why my mom's side of the family, you know, telling everybody you're Italian, but you don't look at, you got like these blue eyes and like, what? And I said, so I don't understand. And he said, well, they're just not what you think. But fast forward to where we are today. And I start Googling the heck out of things. And I find a birth certificate mm -hmm. of my mom's dad. Where do you think this man was born? São Paulo, Brazil. Oh, gosh. Wow. So secret, secret, secrets, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so this is not the new decade of secrets. And I don't think it's a mistake you and I are talking, we're talking about this, especially about what this knowledge and essence can connect us to. And the, and the way that you created the tarot and the imagery in this, it's, it is so heart opening and yet a heart deepening that I'm just stunned by the imagery of these. How, how was this, how did this come to you? Um, well, my, my illustrator who is phenomenal, uh, Caitlin Foise, mm. the, the artist is, you know, she, it speaks for itself. I mean, she's just mm. tremendously talented. She's Roma, AKA mm -hmm. gypsy. Um, and she, she was just so receptive to my vision. Um, so I, so basically I would just come up with um, an, an image, like everything that you're, you're seeing in front of you is something that either was dreamt or I sat there and literally just meditated on the meaning of the card, the traditional mm. uh, meaning of the card. And I had to just have just channel um, that spirit of that in the hoodoo context, in a root worker mm. context, and that's and that's what happened. There were some people, some personages that I wanted to put in the deck. Um, I can't even mention their names, but yeah. I just felt resistance spiritually. I can't really explain it, but it was just like, no, you know, thanks, but no, you know. Um, and I respected that, you know, because some people ask me, oh, why isn't so and so in this deck? And I'm like, yeah, I know about so and so, but they didn't want to be there. Um, so I was very deeply connected to the imagery. Um, and being respectful of what what should be there, what what shouldn't be there, um, and also wanted to make sure that um, 
everything stayed within the realm of North America because mm -hmm. right now um, there's a lot of mixing going on in these traditions. Mm -hmm. So people are mistaking hoodoo for voodoo, you know. Yeah. Well, it's um, not. It's not. Yeah, and it's totally different. And, you know, it, it has two different lineages, a whole, you know. And I, I get into that in the book. Um, but at any rate, um, going back to what you were talking about, these like secret identities, these secrets that we hope we all have and or most of us have in our families. Um, my, the the artist of the deck, she she you know of course because of all the prejudice with gypsies and the stereotypes of gypsies, oh, yeah. um, she you know was compelled to like lie about her ethnicity sometimes and you know, and so she understood you know that tendency to um, obscure just for the sake of survival. Um, you know, because of these horrible stereotypes and things. So um, that's how it happened. It's just a, a, just a deep channeling mm. meditation and focus on my heritage and making sure that it's uh, presented in, in the context of our heritage. It's nothing wrong. I, I totally have no problem with whatever people want to do in terms of their personal uh, spiritual practices. That's none of my business. My job was to present root work yeah. Um, as I see it. And anybody else that wants to create their own hoodoo books or towel, you know, they can do whatever mm -hmm. they want. This is my creation and my vision, and I'm sticking to it. Well, know? one of the things, too, I want to tell people about is when I go through the book and, you know, I, what I'd love to do is I'd like to demonstrate um, how this works on air here. I know we've got about uh, 10, 10 minutes before we wrap up, but what they may not know about is there are, uh, each card represents something, um, either a, something like justice, uh, but there's also a plant associated with this. And I think when we look at this and we go back to sort of the the integration and connection of you know, these elements, I call them elements. Um, what we have is a combination that brings us to a higher place than we are today. And, you know, there are a couple things that make sense to me in, in a strange way. You know, I love juniper, cannot explain it. I take juniper tincture, right? Wow. Nothing, no rhyme, no reason. I also do maca. And, you know, when I started to read your book, I was like, oh, I see that's what that means. And I think that this is really for a lot of people. It, it is worth explaining hoodoo, but more importantly, talking about what each card represents. Take us through what the cards represent the deck. Each different okay. aspect of them. Okay, so you have um, uh, an image, obviously, um, and it can be somebody that actually lived, a, a famous root worker, or it can just be a representative of a root worker or just um, something that is done within root work, let's say a certain kind of bath or, um, you know, just uh, also the political or spiritual organizations um, that, you know, that, that don't get kind of attention um, because there are a lot of different elements in root work, but um, that don't get a lot of press. And that's, you know, kind of where I, I wanted to focus on because there are, are so many um, people that try to lock root work into one particular time, 
one particular culture, um, or rather one one location. It's a lot of emphasis on Africa. Um, and of course, Africa is involved, but there's a suppression of the European and indigenous elements in root work. Um, and most of that is because of politics, but I won't get into um, the political reasons why that is. But anyway, back to the cards. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's an image on the card and um, the name of the card, the, the, the name of the card that I've given the traditional card, for example, Justice is Dr. Buzzard, right? Or <laughs> right. the Hierophant is Bishop C.H. Mason, who was a famous preacher and uh, root worker. And then you have a Bible passage. See, that's another thing that a lot of people that um, are spiritual but not religious uh, nowadays, you know, they scoff at or so-called organized religions and things, but there is no way to uh, apply root work without the Bible in in a traditional way, um, in terms of how our elders did it, because this is a Protestant, you know, this 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 country is a Protestant country. It was founded by Protestants, and um, you know, so the Bible became a, a an instruction manual for root workers because um, the so many of of the uh, the elders in the Bible and the the fathers. Uh, the spiritual fathers in the Bible, you know, they cast lots and they relied on herbs. And so it was sort of um, validating their experience. So they used it in that context. So there you have a Bible passage there. Then you'll have a, you'll have plants. You may have one plant or two plants. And I also did, I did that because um, we forget again, you know, no matter where these traditions come from, the, the plants, the animals are here in North America. So the spirit of what of that plant is here, obviously. Um, there are some plants that grow all over the world and things, but the the context is American. And um, I wanted to also um, tie in, let's say the root worker with the plant from their state. Now, again, the states, the, the, in order to really understand this on a very deep level, you have to understand history um, to a certain extent, I think, because there's so much suppressed information. And I tried to give as much as I could, but obviously, you know, I have a finite space and I didn't want to get off the subject. But um, that is really what you're dealing with here. So you have the you have the plants, you have the, the Bible passage, you have um, a description of the image, um, and then you have the meaning of the card. Um, and, and this is something that I wanted to do as well, is kind of bullet point like questions that people should ask themselves um when they pull a particular card because mm -hmm. self-reflection is so it's like 95 percent of tower readings to me is self-reflection and intuition now usually you hear the intuition part but not the self-reflection part how does the reader affect the reading i mean yeah. scientists are used to you know i guess in science class if you're listening oh, yeah. remember oh, yeah. you know uh an experiment can be altered by the point of view of the the person that is doing the experiment. And it's no different than in, in an esoteric uh, or occult work as well. Well, can I, can I share something with you? I know I got like five minutes left, but I, I as you were speaking, uh, of course I read the book and I decided I was going to do one of the reading spreads, right? Because there's something specific that we're getting ready to launch and crowdfund for. 
Mm-hmm. And it is quite controversial. Well, I don't need to tell you about controversy, do I? <laughs> That's huh? my life. No. Uh, but it is something that came so deeply from such a deep part inside of me and Jessica as well. And we had just come back from, okay, shooting a music video on a song that's going to be released soon uh, Mm -hmm. to end gun violence. And, okay, like me in a music video, seriously? (laughs) Yeah, all you have to do is go to lovenotes.world and you'll see me there, lovenotes.world. But I... But we had an idea. It's called AI for the Soul. Mm. And we know what it's about. We ran focus groups on it. And I'm at the place where I need to go. So I pulled five cards, mm-hmm. you know, for insight. And I'm just going to tell you what they are. I don't think there's enough time. Maybe you and I can connect later. But here's what I pulled. And I looked at the going to catch a bird. Mm-hmm. I love that. because i'm either going to catch this bird or we're not going to catch it so here's what i pulled to help me with this and this goes through the root of the problem what i need most what blank needs most how we go about making a compromise final outcome so i picked first nine of sticks second Mm -hmm. six of baskets third for what blank needs most and can't help it. I'm talking about myself, Miss Miss Robinson, and then the fourth card is Mother of Knives, and the fifth card is Father of Coins. What was the third card again? Miss Robinson. Third card is Miss Robinson. Yeah. So okay. So this is me now, and I am going to spend a lot of time with this. But I was stunned by how I felt when I pulled them. That's got to be part of this. So the the root the the question exactly was what? The question the was, am I on the right track in how I want to implement AI for the soul and crowdfund for it? Oh, you want a short yes or no answer? Is that what you're looking for? No, no, really. Uh, in my brain, uh, what I was, let me tell you what I was thinking. What I was thinking was, please give me guidance. Please give me guidance on the most effective way to, to launch this idea that will help so many people. That's what I was feeling and thinking. Well, I like to focus when I do those kind of readings, um, with the root of the problem, I always spend the most on, and I feel like people spend more t- time on outcomes. Yeah. Um, the root of the problem, by focusing on that and being brutally honest about your energy reserves in terms of the root of the problem is also mm-hmm. something that's often overlooked when people do readings. Yeah. Um, because you can have a solution, um, but may not have the uh, stamina in order to uh, bring about the desired outcome. So I would say that with the nine of sticks, is that what the root of the problem was? Is that what that you is? And I read this and boy, I'll tell you, I, it hit me and I was like, you're absolutely right about it. I mean, the energy around this for me is I'm finding myself. I don't talk about the depth of the project anymore is defending myself. I find myself trying to justify why this is important and why we're calling it what we're calling it. 
And I just, I mean, you talk about getting wear down, worn down from that. That's what wears me down. And mm-hmm. I picked this nine of sticks for that. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And the nine of sticks can also, I mean, in my experience with the, with the nine of sticks, it's, um, not only would you need persistence to, uh, to mm. even get to number two, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like you, 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 you need to, you need to be brutally honest of, about even, even your allies, what their shortcomings are, because at the end of the day, it's a, it's a card about persistence and, and, and sticking to, and, and, and actually living one's truth. Um, and that could be exhausting, even for the, for the most strong and capable mm-hmm. person, it can just get absolutely exhausting. You kind of give up based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is what you need to yeah. focus on the most in terms of your project is not only the opposition or whoever's getting on your damn nerves, mm-hmm. but also looking at the people that really want you to succeed and are involved in the project, but just being honest about what their limitations yeah. are in relation to what your objective is. Well, and I got to tell you, I am going to spend more time on this and, and, and there's so much that gets revealed and I, I got to tell you, this is, for me, um, this is one of these shows and interviews that clearly we could have done another hour on because there is so much. And one of the things I loved about the Nine of Sticks is one of my favorite terms is mojo. It is <laughs> totally mojo. Uh, we're talking about, you know, creating an app called Positive Mojo and so forth. And when I looked at this and I said, well, there she is protecting wow. herself with a mojo back. I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Tiana, Ty- thank you so much for today. One last question and tell people where they can get the deck in the book. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with? And thank you for spending this time with us. I really appreciate um, this time, and it was such a pleasure. And I really wish we had more time. I know, me too. Talk about this. Um, my personal message is: find your folks. Like, find find yeah. your find your roots, whatever they are. Um, and I'm not just talking about your genealogy, which is very important. I I think in um, just kind of getting a sense of who you are. Um, on a on a generational level, just kind of clearing out some some cobwebs. I, I think it's very important. I don't know many families that don't have, you know, just things that need to be cleared up. And now we live in an age of information. It only takes, you know, just a you know a few hours, you know, maybe a few hours every couple of weeks, you know, That's just right, to kind right. of look look into yourself and look mm-hmm. into where you live. Find out about where you live. Find out the spiritual heritage of where mm-hmm. you live. Connect again. I don't care where you are. I'm in Midtown Manhattan writing the Hoodoo Tarot, okay? It doesn't <laughs> get any more closed off than this. But you know what? I have the Hudson. I live right near the Hudson River. So, I mean, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Um, I like that. Let's end it yeah. with that because yeah. that is our motto. You know, yeah. that is our motto. Look at us, right? Never thought I'd get out of the out of New York City for sure. But here oh, and we I are. Also have one more thing to say. Sure, as well. please go go for um, it. And very quickly is we have a tendency to lionize and uh, venerate truth tellers and truth seekers after they die. That is not okay. Okay, um, please, if you see people that are really trying to get the word out um, about whatever it is, support them now. 
The preceding audio was via a Skype call.